uh, speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. As the year since Darren was ordained deacon and moved towards being ordained priest carries on, we discover he's not with me by our side every Sunday. We're giving him experience being at the other church to me, deaconing for other people, leading non-Eucharistic services and such like that you've experienced here as well when I'm somewhere else and he's leading here. Of course, it's mean it's not quite the same double act. So I'm not in case of thinking, well, where is he? For someone to shout out, he's behind you. For me to say, oh no, he's not. And someone else to say, oh yes, he is, etc. Why do I say this at the start of a sermon? Any idea? Anyone get the link? The Old Testament reading. Jesse and his sons. Which one is the Lord's going to be the Lord's anointed? Let's see where the which one the slipper fits. What's the panto link? Cinderella. Yes. Which one fits? Who is it? Is it this one? Is it this one? Is it this one? Is it this ugly sister or that ugly sister? Okay, it wasn't the ugly sisters in this. No. Well, it's got to be someone. It's none of these. You haven't got another child hidden away, have you? Oh, yeah, Cinderella, but she's dodgy. She, she's just a cleaner. Or, in this case, oh, there's David. He's the youngest. Yeah, he looks nice, but he's just looking after the sheep. He don't count. And then, David is the one who is the Lord's anointed. The one who was thought not to be important, not to matter. The runt of the family almost was the one God was calling. In the same way Cinderella, seemingly unimportant and despised, was the heroine of that particular panto. The judging of the assumptions that someone, because of who they are, doesn't matter, is turned on its head. But how often do we fall into that trap? Thinking this person or that person must count and that person or this person mustn't because of this, that or the other. Each Friday I receive by email, kind of matters, the weekly newsletter from the diocese. And this week was news about those who are going to be ordained deacon at the end of June. A year on from hearing about Darren and all the others, each of the deacons to be, there's a little biography about them. It's really moving to read about each of them and about their life journey, about who they are. And a reminder that every single one of them is different. That goes without saying, surely, but every one is different. None of them were, oh, this is a perfect person. Obviously, right from the moment they were born, was born into the right family, the right background, went to the right school, went to the right church, therefore guaranteed to become a priest. Well, no. They've got diverse life experiences across different continents, in fact. And God was using each of them, calling each of them to ministry. It takes all sorts, 
quite literally. God is concerned, is bothered by all sorts of people, not just one type, not just one background or anything else. Just as in that Old Testament reading, David, the one who seemingly didn't matter, was the one who was called. Here is a real-life current example of God calling all kinds of different people, which we're rejoicing about here in this diocese. And in the Gospel reading today, a man born blind. And it starts with that question, well, why was he born blind? Whose sins have caused him to be born blind? Just that question, whose sins have caused this, means that before he's even born, he's outcast, isn't he? Before anything's happened, it's been decided he's worth nothing. It must be some family background, some curse on the family that guarantees he can have nothing ever going for him. Doesn't matter. God wouldn't be concerned with someone like that, because no one else is. Who sinned? Who caused this to happen? Actually, that, that response, oh, actually, his life, his story, his example is going to show people <coughs> something of who God is. God is going to use him in spite of or maybe because of his background. Jesus was going to heal him. He was going to confess Jesus as the Messiah. He was going to be an incredible evangelist, standing up to be counted when others weren't bothered, or others didn't like to stick their neck out because they'd end up being persecuted by the Jews. He's saying, I don't care. This is what's happened. This is a prophet. Who sinned? He's an outcast. Does he deserve healing as an outcast? People will be saying, well, no. He's dodgy. Don't bother with him. Surely only God worries about the important people, the respectable people, those who count, those who are respected. But here's Jesus healing a man born blind. I wonder, do we at times get in the mindset, well, are we really worth it? Is God really bothered about someone like me? Because, you know, well, there's other people who are living much better lives as humans, much better lives as Christians, who have achieved more. I can see God would be worried with them and would want to do things in their life, but, well, would God want to be bothering with me very much? But that's the same question about the, those callings for vocations to ministry, isn't it? Would God be bothered by someone like me? Well, here is Jesus saying, yes, you were born blind, but actually, I'm going to use your life that people are going to know about me through you. You have an intrinsic worth and are known and loved by God. You are worth it, says Jesus. Which is a message each of us needs to hear day by day, week by week, month by month. You are known and loved by God. A week and a bit ago, news hit the church in England about Mother Anna Matthews, the vicar of St. Bennett's in Cambridge, 
who has announced she died suddenly at home. She's just a little bit older than me. And then at the start of the week, more news came out. She'd taken her own life. It hit many of us, clergy and laity, so hard. A young, much loved priest, wife, mother, who preached a cracking sermon only a few days before her death, speaking about hope in God. That she was no longer here, and not that someone had killed her up in a tragic accident, actually she'd taken her own life. We don't know what happened, none of us know what happened. But how often do we risk getting into that despair of thinking God couldn't be worried about us, no one else could be worried about us, we're not worth anything. I think so many of us can fall into that if we're not careful. But we are reminded in these readings, God is concerned with all people, that God uses the most unlikely people to do his work, that we are known and loved by God. Yes, we question, are we good enough? We question, do we deserve God's love? We question, are we deserving of healing? How could God ever love or heal someone like us? But we see in these scriptures that God is bothered. We hear elsewhere in the Gospels, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so those who believe in him may have eternal life. God so loved the world that Jesus was born. God so loved the world that Jesus walked the way of the cross. God so loved the world that we would have salvation through Jesus Christ. Because God is bothered with each and every one of us. The successful and the not so successful. The rich and the poor. The strong and the weak. Those who rejoice and those who despair. God is with us. God wants to reach out and touch us like God reached out through Jesus and touched the blind man the mud in his eyes and sent him to wash in the pool of Siloam and he regained his sight. No, sorry, he did not regain his sight, did he? He gained his sight for the first time. Even more amazing. God is bothered with us all. And so as we journey through this land, We reach out to God, crying out, praying, Here I am, God, the good and the bad parts of me. We pray, use me, use us, heal us in whatever way is right. Call us, help us to serve you. Amen. Amen.